Good evening. We are back. It's across the pond. It almost feels like a bit of a season two, Barry. Uh, it's been so long, I almost feel a little overwhelmed with this interface in front of me. Um, but it's good to see your face again, bro. It's good to hear that jingle again. Um, even just good to, yeah, I just could to schedule an episode and uh, look forward to uh, this hour of uh, time with Barry. How's it going, man? It's going well, Chad. And, and likewise, it feels a bit strange, a bit rusty coming back for yeah. season two. Uh, we've taken a couple of weeks off. And so we've. it's been nice actually to have a break, Chad, to kind of get away from it yeah. for a bit and rethink about the podcast and, and whatnot. And we were very, very chuffed to receive a couple of messages from friends and, and supporters who were like, where's the podcast? When's the next episode coming out? Yeah. So it's very exciting to be back at it. We are full of energy. I certainly am. Uh, looking forward to getting to those conversations and hearing about what's been going on in your life, Chad. It's been, it's been a while, dude. Yeah, and you, man, definitely. Uh, and yeah, those messages were, were cool to hear. I even got a, a comment today on my Instagram story saying, Chad, you're not allowed to take breaks. Um, trust me, <laughs> this is not uh, not a break that we took very lightly. We didn't want to just, you know, kick up our legs and, and chill for a bit. We'll, we'll get to it uh, later on in the episode. But uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely uh, not foreseen, this little break. Uh, I mean, I kind of alluded to the nomadic life uh, that I was living in the last couple of episodes before uh, we took this said break. Um, but yeah, basically back to a, a level of stability, which is good. Uh, and you'll see your beloved across the pond a lot more regularly, um, which is which is certainly exciting. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, th I think it's important that we, we get back to that consistency. Uh, like, like you say, once you once you fall out of that routine, it's a bit tough to kind of get back into it. And so we're going to stumble through this conversation, mm -hmm. but hopefully you'll stick with us right through, through the end. We've got lots and lots of exciting stuff to talk about, Chad. Lots of sport, lots of politics, lots of tech, uh, lots of stuff tonight. And so, yeah, I'm keen to get stuck in, Chad. So I don't know about you, but shall we look at the week that was? <laughs> Let's look at the, I don't know, how many weeks was it? Five, four, four the weeks how many that weeks? Were, yeah. The weeks that were. <laughs> The week that was. Barry, would you like to kick us off uh, how things have been going on your side of the pond uh, in these last couple of weeks? Yes. So so, so, so the third wave of, of COVID-19 has hit South Africa, unfortunately. And we've gone through a very tough kind of couple of weeks as case numbers have been at scary, scary levels. Levels we haven't seen across the past 18 months. So if you look at kind of some of the graphs and how things have climbed over the last couple of weeks... It's way beyond what we saw in the first and the second wave. And so things are very, very scary right now. The, the mood is quite pessimistic just because of this. And we've heard lots of crazy things about, especially in Gauteng. I think Gauteng's got about over 60% of the cases across the whole country. So it's really the hot spot at the moment. And uh, there's just no hospital beds, right? There's no ICU beds, no space in the hospitals because everyone is stretched to absolute capacity. They're struggling to find the right oxygen all the, and the ventilators and all the stuff. And so... We're in a very tough spot, Chad. And we had a family meeting on, on Sunday where Uncle Cyril came on, came onto the, the news and kind of spread the spread the bad news in that sense. And uh, we all knew when he started with the Nelson Mandela quote that it was going to be a tough, a tough little speech, a tough little press conference. And basically what he announced was a a an increasing of the lockdown. Currently we were under lockdown adjusted level three, and we moved to what's called a lockdown adjusted level four. And essentially what that meant is blocking all gatherings whatsoever. So indoor, outdoor, you can't gather in any way, shape, or form. Restaurants are only allowed to serve takeaways. They can't do any sit-down meals or anything like that. You can't do any church services, any gatherings of any, any sort are prohibited. 
alcohol was banned, Chad. So the, the sale of alcohol and the consumption of alcohol, both at restaurants and in your home, are prohibited. And the curfew was was moved from nine, I think it's nine PM to five AM now. So it's moved even even earlier. So that means restaurants and whatnot have to close at least by eight PM to give their guys a chance to get home. So much more strict lockdown levels, kind of the the strictest we could do uh, without like destroying the economy yet again. And that is in place for the next two weeks. So today was day three of, of 14. And, and it's only going to be 14. But Chad, I honestly don't know. Um, we have to wait and see whether it brings the case numbers down or not to some sort of acceptable level. But it's a ra- rather tough time at the moment here. Yeah, gosh, that sounds, uh, that definitely sounds pretty intense. I mean, it, it's consistent with everything I've heard from anyone I've spoke to anecdotally uh, in South Africa on the ground. Uh, a lot more people know people who have been quite severely affected. And yeah, as soon as it starts making its way into your kind of circle of uh, friends and family, um, you know, that then just becomes a lot more, you know, worrisome. I, I do hope that it results in people um, kind of following these restrictions. Um, it is it is that kind of circuit breaker, uh, two-week, uh, you know, kind of shutdown, at least to to keep keep some economic activity going, which is which is good. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it, it, it helps. Um, you know, a, a lot of companies, ha- a lot of countries have used this this two week approach just to try and uh, flatten that curve. Um, but you know, for the duration of lockdowns that we've had to go through, I'm not entirely sure that this is is going to be enough to uh, to take you guys down from from where you are. Uh, but you know, can only hope for the best, really. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the, the sentiment on the ground is that everyone is very tired of these lockdowns and fatigued of the whole thing, which is understandable position for so long now. And it's hard to see whether this is actually going to break the back of this disease. Of course, this is all this is all coming through with a new variant called the Delta variant, which is the, the variant that came out of that came out of India. And uh, that's kind of the one that's now rampant throughout the country and especially in Gauteng. And we're struggling to deal with this new variant. And I think we have to we have to deal with new variants for the next couple of years at least. And so this is something we have to have to manage going forward. The government itself has come into significant criticism because of how slow the vaccine rollout has been. Um, at, 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 to date, we still have a tiny, tiny percentage of the population who's been vaccinated. Uh, they currently they've just come to the end of phase two, where they were vaccinating 60s and 60 and over in, in the age bracket. But even so, we didn't vaccinate nearly like the total number of, of elderly in, in our country. Um, and we've now moved; they've now opened it up to teachers and to policemen and those sorts of essential workers. And they are planning to open it to 50s to 60 year olds in about two weeks or so. But unfortunately, it's just not fast enough, Chad. We're, we're not vaccinating fast enough. And that's one of the biggest criticisms the government has faced is that the, the corruption and the, the the miscommunication and all the issues that have happened with this vaccine rollout are just kind of stifled this whole thing. And so it's all very well to lock down. It's all very well to everyone shut at home and, and, and stay at home. But if you're not actually getting those vaccines into people and you're not actually getting that herd immunity going, you're just kicking the can down the road. And so that's the major criticism at the moment. And so your yeah, subtle speech wasn't wasn't received amazingly well. I think it's it's a like a tough kind of week for work week for him and his team. Um, but yeah, it's, everyone's a little bit pessimistic at the moment, Chad. So it's a bit tough to kind of keep your head up and, and keep fighting this thing because we've been doing it for so long now. Yeah, and, and I mean the, the the kind of ironic thing is, you know, I was in this position for such a long period of time, and everything was 
perfectly hunky-dory over your side. And now as things are looking hunky-dory on my side, uh, where we've literally got, you know, the Euro is happening, Wembley Stadium is, uh, you know, filling up, uh, Wem- you know, Wimbledon. We've got a capacity crowd happening there for the final. Uh, you know, theatres starting to open up. Everything's kind of starting to to feel like normal. And we have this Freedom Day that's coming up on the 19th of July. That's actually been pushed back four weeks on uh, the 23rd of June, which is what it should have been. Um, but but yeah, just it, it, it's obviously, uh, you know, uh, emblematic of the fact that, you know, you guys are heading into winter and and it's, and it's getting cold that side. Um, and, and this does seem to be a, a virus that, you know, thrives in the colder colder periods. As, as to my knowledge, your guys' kind of second wave in the summer was uh, just an anomaly. Yeah, definitely. And that, that, that's, that's a major factor. But at the same time, we're not seeing the sort of cases in the rest of the Southern Hemisphere that we're seeing in South Africa. So right. it, it's not just the weather, right? And so like, if you look at South America, if you look at even if you look at India, how they've kind of, I wouldn't say managed that, that crazy wave they went through, but they've got it to a relatively stable level now. And it's, it's still bad, but it's not as nearly as bad as it used to be. All the Southern Hemisphere, South Africa is still the one that kind of stands out if you look at the case numbers and, and the growth day to day. And so I saw a fascinating graph the other day looking at vaccine deployments and just seeing the inequality in vaccine deployment between the developed world and the developing world, Mm. and specifically Africa. Like I I saw this map and they kind of colored it based on what percentage of the population had received vaccine and and the whole of the Northern Hemisphere and most of the global north was, was doing really well and kind of growing that vaccination process as quickly as possible. And Africa was just red the whole way down. So I really think that is the that is the the missing component here in in a sense, and and it's debatable now whether this, these vaccines we have at the moment are going to fight this Delta variant, right? So that we that still remains to be seen, mm. but at least it's it's something to give the the the, the company the, the company the country those antibodies that they need in order to fight things, um, and it's also just reminding us not to be complacent. Like you're telling about the Euros, Chad, it's it's super strange to sit at home and watch <laughs> these Euros with all these these stands full of people, right? It is. And uh, like I, I saw an article talking about how Scotland have, have picked up a couple hundred cases from people coming back from Wembley. And so I, I can't help but think there must be a super spread in some, in some way, surely. Like how do you just do that? It's very strange to me. Yeah, it, it feels really weird, especially when you look at, uh, I think I watched the Budapest game well, a game in Budapest, and I think it was almost nearly full capacity, and you know, no masks, nothing like that. Uh, but I mean, you, you've got to you've got to look at the fact that uh, to gain entrance to that game, you would have had to have both doses of vaccines and do a test, and you know, naturally, there's going to be a little bit of slippage. Um, but you know, there certainly are controls uh, in place, and we've we've got to, you know, and I, I believe we've got to. The whole reason we're doing this vaccine and the vaccination process is to try and get back to normal. So if you're in a country where you you know you've you've got a you know significant percentage of your adult population vaccinated and you have all these controls in place, um, I mean I feel this is what we should be aiming for. And although it might be strange, it might feel strange, uh, you know, when you're going into a two-week lockdown and the vaccine vaccination rates are not going as well and all that kind of stuff. And I completely understand the uh, you know developed versus developing worlds and, and that kind of stuff. I, I do hope that. Um, the UK kind of keep to their promise to hand off some vaccines once, uh, you know, once everyone here uh, has been vaccinated who needs to. Um, but, uh, but I mean, this is ultimately what, what we've been aiming for, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I can't lie, I've, I've loved watching that soccer and it's been so cool to see the crowds back in and feel that atmosphere and feel the vibe. And of course, it was played a huge role in the Christian Eriksen thing. I don't know if you saw that, Chad, where Christian yep. Eriksen had this horrible medical emergency on the field and, yep. and kind of the, the crowd and the atmosphere and everything played a big role in that moment, in that pivotal emotional moment. And so, yeah, we, mm. we've missed that over the past year or two. We really have because we haven't had those kinds of bits and pieces. And I must say, I've been glued to my television because these Euros have been fascinating. Every single one of these knockout games has been an amazing game of football. Um, and so it's been really, really cool to watch. And uh, I've that's basically what I've been doing in lockdown, Chad. I've been sitting at home, working during the day, watching soccer at night, rinse and repeat. That's awesome. I'm, I'm as well, just so glad for sport to be back on. I mean, it's been on for a little while, but I haven't been watching any. I've just been preoccupied with, with that stuff. But it, it's so good now to kind of just get lost uh, in a team and the particular characters in a particular team uh, in all of the Eustace history beforehand that, that we all like to kind of, you know, load up on and, and he, he stick to, you know, you kind of cling to all those little facts that the commentators mentioned during the game. Um, and, and of course, when you do get to socialize, uh, you know, just talking about all this kind of stuff is, is also so good. It's, it's such a nice change. Uh, I'm loving it. Not so happy that Portugal got, got knocked out. Um, but, <laughs> I wasn't uh, going to bring you know, that up. <laughs> but England is still in. Um, so, you know, is it is football coming home? It could be. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll soon have to see. Um, Barry, some other stuff happened, uh, you know, this week, pretty big stuff, a big story we've been, been following for, for quite a long period of time. And certainly when I was still in South Africa, uh, you know, a lot of people feeling like the justice system just wasn't, you know, up to scratch. Uh, some news uh, giving some green shoots there. Yeah, really good news, Chad. A really, really big story. And, and we chatted about in the past about former President Jacob Zuma. And uh, in South Africa, we were going through this whole process called the State Capture Commission, where they were trying to uncover some of the, the corruption we saw in the last kind of 10 years, I'd say. Um, and they were going through this long process of doing all these witness statements and going through bits and pieces. And Jacob Zuma, who was the former president of South Africa and very controversial figure at the kind of at the head of a lot of this corruption, um, all these allegations against his name, was 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 um, summoned to come and present at this commission or to answer questions of the commission at least. <clears throat> and he, he arrived for like, I think it was an hour or two, and eventually got fed up and kind of just left um, without without finishing his his thing. And that actually is not legal. Like it was a, a court order to be there. It was right. very, very important. And as, as a president of, of a country, it, it didn't look good on us at all. Um, and so everyone was wondering what kind of, what consequences he would face as a result. And because in the past, we've had so many politicians get away with things like this. A lot of us didn't think anything would happen. We think, okay, cool. He's just going to slip out of it again. That's just how it works. But Chad, we had a very exciting moment two days ago in the Constitutional Court here in South Africa, where former President Jacob Zuma was sentenced to 15 months in prison for contempt of court, which is a very exciting moment because it's it's one of those things that you you re, like it, it, we shouldn't we shouldn't have to be excited about it. It should be obvious, yeah. but we are excited about it because it finally happened and it kind of proved and hopefully will prove going forward is that no one is bigger than the law doesn't matter what position you held, doesn't matter who your, what your name is, doesn't matter what kind of status you have. If you break the law, you must face the consequences. Yeah. And so as far as I understand, he has five days to report either to Nkandla or to a local police station to be arrested. And then he'll go to some sort of correctional facility down the line. Who knows what that means? So yeah, very good news in that sense, Chad. I really just hope that he actually gets into prison and I hope he doesn't slip out again. Um, so I won't, I won't celebrate just yet until we see that photo. 
but a really big moment for South Africa and hopefully a step in the right direction when it comes to accountability in terms of corruption. Mm. So important. Um, but I mean, in, in terms of that, the corruption and those corruption charges, because it sounds like this sentence is specifically for contempt of court. So what about the underlying charges? What about that underlying trial and the sentencing and, and everything we can expect from that? Is that still ticking on in the background? Yeah, so that, that's still ongoing. And as like these things go, they seem to go on for decades. It seems to just go on and on and on and on. So so those those actual corruption charges are still ongoing. But it feels kind of good that he's going to go into those corruption charges as a sentence inmate. That that kind of makes us feel a little right. bit better. That, okay, cool. There's some accountability here. And 15 months is not a short period of time no, for, no. for for anyone, but for a president specifically. It really sets the example, hopefully, for mm. for, for people who come after him. Um, and so, yeah, he, he he's still under those corruption charges. Who knows if he'll get convicted of those or not? Um, this one is specifically for just the contempt of court and just the pure disrespect to the to the commission by kind of walking out in this very very pivotal moment, um, especially when you're the one who's facing all the heat. Like it's just yeah, this is how it is. Yeah, and I guess like you say, if that trial is going on in the background uh, with him being convicted, it's going to be a lot harder for him to just not appear on the day or. Uh, or you yeah. know, constantly try to evade these. Um, I mean, just you know, at least have your 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 tr- chance in courts and and uh, you know, let the justice system work uh, in the way that it should. So uh, yeah, let's see if he actually turns himself in. Uh, I'm I'm very intrigued to to follow that as well. But I had to. I just had to bring up. Um, a tweet that I saw from Nando's. Um, obviously, we've got <laughs> Nando's here in the UK as well, but but naturally a South African company. Um, and the tweet was a lockdown we can all get behind. Hashtag Jacob Zuma. Hashtag listen properly. And uh, he basically says, <laughs> do not pass go, do not collect 769, 800 million um, and delivery in five days. Uh, Nando is always reacting swiftly to any, you know, kind of topical news in South Africa. They're always spot on, Chad. They're always right on the money. They understand the social context. They understand how to talk to their people. And it really makes it a beloved South African brand. Like you said, I could see that that, that pride in your face when you mentioned them. That's, that's how we all feel about Nando's yeah. because of this marketing and, and because of the amazing kind of work that they do in that sense. And they often are much more truthful in their social commentary than some politicians or some kind of proper speakers they kind of speak truth to these things that that we all laugh at and we all enjoy um and so yeah they're, they're on the ball once again Chad. whoever's in whoever's in their marketing team hats off to you you guys are amazing absolutely amazing nando's what a brand uh just keep it coming guys keep it coming <laughs> um i mean other stuff we wanted to catch up while we were while we were gone i mean i haven't really looked into it barry too much but there was a new uk news channel which was supposed to be uh you know like an alternative to the current uh channels available and i just haven't heard too much to be honest um so you know I'm, i don't even want to talk too much about it um it's kind of been a bit of a non-event it, it feels um and uh, more notably, and something I, I'd like to get your take on, Barry, is uh, the the announcement of Windows 11. Have you looked into it? Do you have any thoughts on this? I, I haven't looked into it in great detail, Chad, because I, I haven't used Windows in, in a while. But it has it has it does does, does uh, it does look like quite a monumental shift, right? Yeah. It looks quite different to Windows 10, which is quite exciting to see. Um, I think that Windows 10 had had its pros and cons. It had some features that people really loved, but also really frustrated people in certain ways. 
And I think Windows 11 has kind of taken that to heart. And in today's world where you're competing against these iOS and, and, and Mac OS and all of these kind of these, these other players in the market, you really have to be on top of your game. Um, have you looked into it, Chad? Are there any things that are exciting about you? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I've I've just watched this this trailer video. Maybe not this particular one. Uh, might have been a different one. But uh, you know, there's there certainly has been thoughts to the interface and making it more kind of future proof almost. It, it's kind yeah. of edging towards, uh, you know, it's going back to that kind of transparent user interface um, that I actually quite enjoyed uh, from sort of Windows Seven. Um, it's it there's there's a lot of thought I think that's that's gone into um, you know multitasking. And uh, and that's that's key. I mean, we've, we we saw and we we're going to talk a little bit about Apple and their uh, WWDC. A lot of tech today, um, but but multitasking and the I, I guess the the importance of being able to snap windows in different configurations while you're working on different stuff, um, because monitors are just getting bigger and bigger. They certainly aren't getting smaller, um, and we, you know we need to be able to fill that space easily um, with you know instead of having. You know, you go to, to trading offices and you see five or six screens on someone's desk. That could instead be one screen uh, where the person is able to, you know, snap windows into into different parts of the screen. So, uh, you know, a lot of thought on that. Um, and uh, also really interesting for me when I, when I watched the, the trailer was that you'll be able to download Android apps. So like mobile Android apps onto your Windows 11 computer, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, it brings up a good point in that you can really see that they've desperately tried to integrate their like kind of Surface product range and their tablets and that sort of yep. thing with the Windows 11 type ecosystem. So it feels more mobile native in a way than than Windows 10 used to. And so, like you say, the Android features as well is going to make a big make a big difference. And moving towards this kind of unified platform, we're seeing the same thing on the Apple side, where you're slowly seeing Definitely. iOS and macOS kind of merge into one thing. And that's kind of the future I think we're going to see is we're going to see one operating system that's going to operate across all the devices of a particular brand or particular provider. And so Windows 11 is another step in that direction. And uh, I think with the Surface products being so well regarded and so highly rated, um, they really wanted to make sure that they can kind of cover those bases. And so if you have that Surface tablet and you've got a laptop and it all kind of works together, plus with the Android phone, it kind of makes sense. So yeah, I'm excited to see what kind of uptake it's going to have. Um, it's it's always it's always a little bit buggy in the beginning. Windows is known yep. for if you download in the first couple of days, you're going to be in trouble. But eventually, they'll figure those things out. And uh, I, I'm curious to see how it's going to land with the Windows community. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, it just rolling, you know, in the background, uh, this UI, and it, it really does look so slick. You're so right about the Surface um, Pro tablets and, well, you know, laptops. Um, and I think it's, it's definitely going to be a point of differentiation where, Apple's, you know, released this iPad uh, that they've they've kind of tried to get to replace a laptop by saying it's more powerful than most laptops. I mean, they've even <laughs> put the M1 chip in it now. It's it's really powerful, yeah. but the software doesn't really let you uh, interact with it in that way. Uh, and what you have here with uh, Windows 11 is, uh, you know, you've got touchscreen devices, and uh, you know, Apple so far haven't really kind of budged at the idea of having a touchscreen on laptop. Um, and so I, I definitely think with, with this new operating system, which, which looks to be more slick and looks to be more touch friendly, um, you know, also in terms of having a stylus and, and being able to interact with your computer in, in those sorts of ways, um, it, it definitely looks like it, it'll, it'll give Windows a bit of competitive advantage, I feel almost. Um, a company that's, that's fallen a bit behind to, to the likes of Apple uh, in recent years. 
Yeah, and that's what's so surprising about this, it's so exciting, Chad, is that I didn't expect Microsoft to be making these sorts of moves. In my mind, they were kind of a company of, of the old, and they were kind of slowly phasing out in the way these tech companies do. But I really have felt that with a lot of the AI work and this, the Surface products and a lot of the cool stuff they've done in the last couple of years, they really have reinvented themselves in a way that I did not expect. And they've become a powerhouse again, and they're starting to... Pre- present really great products like you say I, I still do think they're a little bit behind apple in the sense when it comes to product design but the software stuff and the ai yeah. work and the the cloud computing and all of that stuff that that is behind it is really powerful and we often take for granted chad how much of the world runs on windows just because of 100%. kind of the office suites the, the microsoft excel and word and all yep. those programs are absolute behemoths and every corporation in the world, it feels like, is running those programs. And so while it may, may not seem on a consumer level that they are winning, on the enterprise level, they are absolutely ginormous. Yep. And so to see these sorts of moves and to see them kind of pushing the boundaries when it comes to interface design and when it comes to, to the future world of work, it's really exciting to see. And if you'd asked me a couple of years ago about Microsoft's future, I would have been skeptical. And now, Chad, it's, you've got to start thinking mm-hmm. about, oh, are they, are they reinventing themselves into something special here? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a space to watch. I mean, even in the in the console world, I've been I've been talking to friends quite a lot um, about the PS Five versus Xbox Series X um, debate, and it's a big debate um, because you know on paper the Xbox is just incredible, um, but you know you got Sony doing some other cool things with with controllers that that do all sorts of weird things. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an exciting space to watch. I mean, they certainly seem to be holding their uh, you know, holding their ground on that front uh, on the Xbox side, um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely keen to uh, to keep seeing what Microsoft has in store for us uh, as you know as the rest of the year goes goes on. Who knows? Uh, we, we might see some more releases. The one thing to note on this Windows 11 is it's obviously not out there just yet. So as far as I know, it's on the developer beta. I think I have signed up to that program, so if I want to, I can download it. But like you say, Barry. Not advised uh, for, for the first little bit, especially on your main machine. Um, I mean, even with these, you know, Apple, like iOS 15 and all the kind of stuff we're going to talk about now, if you've got a developer's account, which I think is fairly easy to get, um, you obviously risk, uh, you know, your your primary, primary device becoming uh, less optimal than usual. So uh, we're definitely advised to walk cautiously on that if, you, if you're thinking of doing it. Um, but uh, but yeah, very, very cool to see all of these updates in, in software. And I mean, we love our tech. Uh, what's better than a new interface, Barry? Of course, it, f- it feels like a new haircut, Chad, or a new house <laughs> or whatever the story is. It, it really is that special moment. And I know I can't wait when I download that, that new update to play with all the new features and check it all out. Um, and for the Apple's ones, we're going to get you just now. I'm really excited for those as well. So yeah, it's, it's always fun to, to upgrade and get that, that fresh new feeling, even on an old device. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's, let's get straight to the Apple one, Barry, on uh, looking ahead. Looking ahead. So like we said, WWDC, which is Apple's developer conference that they hold uh, sort of every year to discuss the, the, the you know, the new improvements uh, in the world of software um, and some, some pretty sort of noteworthy things to discuss here. I wouldn't say anything that's game changing. Anyone who owned an iPad is likely disappointed by WWDC because there was kind of, you know, allusions to the fact that it's going to become more of a desktop type uh, you know, system potentially be able to run desktop apps on your iPad because of the fact that it has the same chip 
that didn't happen. Um, but but let's obviously talk about the stuff that did. Um, so let's first start on our on our iPhones uh, and and what we use on our iPhones the op- the operating system iOS. Uh, so we've got iOS 15, which is coming out. Um, I mean, I can remember how excited I was, Barry, at iOS 5. Um, I, I can <laughs> clearly remember me sitting in the gym in Cresta uh, on one of those like uh, you know bi- training bicycles. And, and constantly refreshing, because obviously with the time difference uh, to America, constantly refreshing my phone, waiting for iOS 5 to come out. There was going to be so many new things um, that they were <laughs> going to change. I've kind of got past that, but, uh, but you know, certainly a lot of excitement. Have you, ever, have you ever had that? I certainly did, Chad, for the earlier versions. Like, I think one of the biggest criticisms mm. we had of Apple in the last couple of years is that every update feels very incremental, whereas back in the mm. day, a new iOS meant an entire different, entirely different phone. It, it changed lots of stuff and it kind of pushed the boundaries on so many things. But as the kind of the market has matured and whatnot, and Apple of maybe you can maybe say they've lost a little bit of that Steve Jobsian type that type <laughs> environment. Um, these updates have become less and less uh, special in a way. And so now you kind of often often looking for one or two key features. Um, and on this one, Chad, there was only one feature that I was really excited about, and you don't even have it on your notes. So I'm oh, excited wow. to bring that up off your notes. Um, okay. But yeah, I think that, I think that iOS 15 is going to bring some some basic design improvements, but also a little bit of the integration stuff. What Apple's so good at is integrating all of their yeah. different products and making it all work together seamlessly. And so I think a lot of this a lot of the stuff in this new update is exactly that. It's integrating all these different pieces of the ecosystem. Well, I'm excited to 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 know what I missed. Um, you know, I, I didn't watch the full thing in fairness, um, so it's very possible that I missed some stuff. But uh, yeah, let's let's go through this and and yeah, f- fill in on wherever I've missed out, Barry. So I noticed FaceTime was a, was a bit a big focus on this, and and why wouldn't it be in the year that? Uh, well, you know, the two years that Zoom has gained so much traction, uh, Microsoft Teams, uh, which talking about the Windows 11, that also looks to be built in almost to the to the operating system a bit. Um, obviously, Apple's hitting straight back with, with FaceTime and some FaceTime improvements. Um, FaceTime's always been a very reliable, um, you know, video conferencing uh, platform, I think. You always get pretty good uh, quality um, you know, you know, interacting on on FaceTime, but but it certainly has not been feature rich. So uh, you know, I'm glad that 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 they have given it a look into, and I suppose the pandemic was a, a perfect excuse for them to do just that. So talking on on FaceTime portrait mode, basic feature being able to blur your background. Uh, you know, all of the apps have had that for so long. It's it's you know it's been about time that this is that this is coming so portrait mode is is onto facetime on, on is 15 facetime links um this is this is quite cool so if you've got a friend who has an android device you can basically create a meeting and send a link as you do with zoom uh the wonderful thing though is that you're not gonna have to pay for this um you you will know barry whenever we've had a, a poker game or whatever the case is there's, there's that <laughs> wonderful 45 minute limit with zoom um, so to be able to circulate a link to a wider group of friends and not have a time limit on it, um, I think is definitely going to be a game changer for anyone who owns an Apple device. Um, and then, of course, there's SharePlay, which uh, which seems like a really cool idea. And I'm very keen to get your, your take on it because it, it touches so many 
you know, other areas and kind of expands this this discussion. Uh, we're talking copyright and the ability to to sort of share a subscription that you're paying for, uh, you know, with other people. Uh, we're also just talking about, I guess, you know, replacing movie nights and and social contact and and that kind of stuff. So for those of you who don't know, let me just fill you in on what share uh, share play is, and then I'll get. Barry's uh, take on it afterwards. So SharePlay is, is, is literally the ability to have a FaceTime call and basically share whatever it is that you're doing. So if you're listening to an album, you can log into your, I think your Spotify account. I, I might be wrong, but obviously Apple Music, definitely. There's no doubt. Um, and, and you know, <laughs> listen to an album together effectively. So, so Barry, you could not have a membership and I do and we can listen to an album together. Similarly, if uh, I've got like a Dis- Disney Plus subscription, I think Apple TV, all of those kind of things, we can watch a program together, um, which which I think is I think is really quite cool. I mean, obviously, it, it's it's going to depend on our internet connection, uh, you know, how slick that experience is going to be, and whether you're going to notice any lags. And I'm quite keen to test it out when it does come out. Um, but I, but I think it's a pretty cool idea. Keen to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's very exciting, Chad. And what what I was trying to figure out is I couldn't, I, I wasn't sure if it was just the marketing spin or, or what the story was, but I couldn't figure out if it was like a, is this a typical share screen type thing where I'm just going to mirror my screen onto your screen on the on the on the phone, or is it a sense of I'm going to natively connect to that same piece of media at the same time as you are mm. and kind of get a better quality rather than sharing a screen. I don't know. We've, we've all had those experiences on Zoom calls. We try and share a screen, sure. try and share audio or video, and it just becomes yeah. an absolute nightmare because you're trying to send so much data over the connection. And the way the way that I think it came out in the marketing was this idea that it wasn't going to be a typical share screen type thing, but cool. rather each phone was going to link to that media from their own device and kind of just match the timestamps and stuff to make it make it synchronous. Does that make sense to you, Chad? I wasn't sure if I missed the point there. If that's the that's the case, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. I I hope I'd like to hope that that's what it is as well. Um, but I mean, if if that is the case, it would have to you know Apple server would have to be a middleman in this process because you know you're logging into Netflix, you're logging into Apple, uh, you know Apple TV Plus, or you're logging into Disney Plus. Um, ultimately, it's you who has the subscription. It's you who has the right to access that media. So, if if that is the case, um, you're always going to have to have a middleman in the middle. Um, and if that is Apple Server, I'm completely fine with it because, like you say, it, it's going to be a lot more slick and it's going to happen a lot quicker than if I were to share my screen um, and you know basically rely on my upload rate, um, which I think is I, I think that's the holdup here in in the majority of uh, you know share screen disasters you've seen in on your zoom calls Barry is, is the upload rate you know we we might have you might have a download rate of like 20 megs but if you only have an upload rate of like three um, it, it's going to be a lot harder to get that same level of quality so I hope you're right um, but just just more broadly on the on the actual kind of copyright and having access to a subscription and being able to share it um, I mean it's no different to if I were to have you over to my house uh, sit on the couch next to me and, and watch uh, watch something on Netflix and that you know, that's perfectly fair game. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a big question, Chad. And I think it's obviously if you're sharing one-to-one, it, it kind of, it's not that big a deal, I don't think, for these big companies. Mm. But the problem comes if, if, they, if they find a way to then share that with lots of people, right? Sure. They have a huge FaceTime call with lots of people sharing that content without actually paying for it. Um, and so I don't know how they're going to get around some of those implications. We, we, we still have to wait and see the actual details of how this is actually going to be implemented. But I think it's, I think it's exciting in a sense because it just – 
it enrich, enriches these these video calls mm. and really kind of can in, insert all sorts of multimedia into these calls to make them even more 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 realistic and more kind of yep. real in a sense whether i'm going to watch a full movie on my phone with with chad in the top corner and my <laughs> other friend in the bottom corner i don't know we'll have to find out yep. when it comes to music when it comes to to like say i'm on a call with you and i want to pull up a youtube video etc cetera, etc cetera, that makes mm. a lot of sense to me and so yeah I'm, I'm curious to test this chad to see like how it feels to kind of do one of these virtual virtual movie nights and does <laughs> does it capture some of that that magic of being in the same room together does it capture those those shared laughs and those shared kind of mm. moments of, of enjoying a piece of media I, I don't know until we try it i suppose it's, it's hard to say right now yeah keen to try it as well i mean one thing worth mentioning and we, we obviously are getting to the mac features um but but this is a feature on mac as well so you don't necessarily have to do it on your phone um you can open up your your macbook which you would be able to connect to your tv using a, an adapter or something like that obviously it'll require a little an extra dongle it's all about the dongle with apple um <laughs> it's fine we've got but... 100 Dad. we've got 100 of them don't worry <laughs> Um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think it could work. Like you say, we, we, we need to try it out. I mean, one thing that it is really good for is whenever we do talk about a particular series or, uh, or movie, we can at least both watch it, Barry, and we, we can have a lot more information <laughs> to share when we, when we join up on Across the Pond, um, which is quite cool. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. So, so th those are kind of the most features that I've pulled from iOS 15. The one that I missed on this list, Barry, is that iOS 15 or is that one of the other operating systems? I think it's iOS 15 as far, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but it's something called okay. focus mode, Chad. And basically okay. what it talks to is being able to set customized notification settings for different mm. parts of your life, right? So previously, Chad, we've, we've talked a lot about how our phones kind of control our lives and we're trying to break the addiction and we're trying to go digital minimalistic and all that sort of thing. And previously, the only kind of options you've had is to go full on airplane mode where it just cuts out all the notifications or you go on... Um, just like open season, everything comes through it every time. And so what Apple have tried to do in, in this update, and, and I'm very excited to try it out, is basically to be able to set various settings for yourself. So you might have a work setting, a home setting, a focus setting, a sleep setting, etc. And you can choose which types of notifications you want to receive in each of those blocks. So for example, say, say you're at work and you want to cut out all your social media notifications, but you still want to get your Slack messages, you still want to get mm. your WhatsApp, you still want to get things that are work-related, you can set those up so that your phone automatically hides the ones that, that you don't want to see right then. Or if you want a focus mode where you only want to get your, your timer notification or maybe your email but nothing else, you can do that the same way. And, of course, you can use shortcuts to link it to a whole bunch of different things. So I, I could imagine, Chad, you can have it linked to your lights and to your aircon. And, and yep. like, so when you click, click focus mode, everything kind of resets towards this, this pure focus thing where you don't have to turn your, your phone off necessarily if you need to use it for certain things. And so I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out and if it's going to help people kind of almost compartmentalize their phones a bit and have like a leisure piece of their phone and the work piece of the phone and try and help avoid distractions, Chad. That's kind of what we're trying to aim yep. for here. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Actually, I did see that, and I, I feel really terrible for not bringing it up now. But I'm glad you, I'm <laughs> glad you, you were the safety net, Barry, to make sure that it didn't get slipped through. Because, yeah, that seems like a really cool feature. I mean, as all of these features, it takes a bit of setting up, uh, customizing, uh, you know, f curating. I guess what it is that you want your this feature to do for you. 
Um, but but it certainly certainly seems like a, a great a great thing to do, and it looks easy to implement as well. So once you've set it all up, it looks like you can very quickly and easily switch between your various focus modes. Um, and you know, in this age of digital distraction, we keep talking about it. Um, you know, what a great solution. I'm I'm glad I'm glad Apple have looked into it and and done something about it. So uh, let's let's see what the the actual implementation is once we have iOS 15 in front of us. There were a couple of other things. Uh, I said that was everything. Um, there were a few other bits and pieces. Something called live text, um, which which basically lets you take a photo of uh, like notes on a whiteboard or uh, you know whatever you want, and then be able to interact with that photo of text like text. So you'd be able to you know drag your cursor and copy it, um, you know from from certain points, all that kind of stuff. It, it you know we have been able to do this type of stuff with. Google Translate um, to an extent. Obviously, if you're in another country and you don't understand the language, you can take a photo of it, scan even even handwriting um, and be able to translate that. But being able to have it natively in the Apple operating system um, feels like a really cool feature that I, I think I would get some usage out of. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I'm surprised it's taken them this long. And like you mentioned, this has been in the Google Pixel phones for quite a while now mm. um, and through the Google Lens app. And it's been really, really powerful. And I think one of the most common use cases that people often kind of point to is, say you're going past a restaurant, or you're going past some sort of uh, board and you want to remember that place. You take a photo of that sign and it automatically converts it into like some sort of contact card for you that you can use. And so simple, simple things like that I think we'll find a lot of use cases for. And it's just yet another way of kind of reducing the, fric the friction from kind of ingesting information and turning it into something useful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when you combine that with text-to-speech and you combine it with the improvements there, like we get into a stage where you should be able to take a photo or a video or recording of any sort of media and instantly transform it into the other types, so to a video or to a text or to a, a picture, etc. Um, and so I think it is exciting. I, I think that we'll, we'll only discover use cases as you start to use it a bit and as you kind of get into the real world. But it's something that they should have had for a while, in my opinion. I don't know why it's taken them so long. Yeah, agreed. Completely agreed. Well, at least it's there now. Uh, we've got Apple Wallet, uh, which, you know, you guys have had Apple Pay for a couple of months. Uh, keen to touch base on how that's going uh, on your side, Barry. But, uh, you know, Apple Pay was not enough. They, they had to add more. Uh, what could a <laughs> wallet replacement be? without replacing everything in your wallet. Uh, so for, for people in the US, you can literally add your ID card and it's gonna be compliant. So you could go uh, through an airport security check and use your phone as verification of your ID, uh, which I find insane. Um, corporate badges. So, you know, if you, you obviously scan into your office to, to kind of check in and out um, to gain access and of course, uh, ultimately, you know, the, the company can see the time you came and went, uh, you'd be able to add that corporate badge into your into your phone. Keys for your house and keys for your car, you can add uh, as a card in Apple Wallet, which I think is just insane. Um, this, this phone really is becoming a replacement for almost anything. It runs our life, Chad, and it's going to run all sorts of things going forward. I think this is kind of the direction it's been going for a long time, and eventually it is all going to become digital. Like none of this stuff actually needs to be physical. The only problem, Chad, is you, you better not lose your phone, buddy. You better keep a handle on that phone because yep. if you lose your phone, all of a sudden you can't get in your car, you can't get in your house, mm -hmm. you can't get in your, your workplace. Uh, so you have to make sure that you've got one of those Apple tags on your phone or something <laughs> to make sure that you can you can find it when you lose it, Chad. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, the phone itself is supposed to have its own version of the Apple tag, the Find Me app. But the problem <laughs> is if it's, if it's been stolen, um, you know, you, you're going to struggle to find that. So so you're completely right. Now, I guess, you know, what do you do in that instance? Potentially, it'll be even easier than it was before because, uh, I mean, you know, if you've ever had anything stolen, Barry, you'd have to kind of reapply for all of those cards reapply for your id document or whatever the case is even change the locks um you know as as the case may be potentially when this gets rolled out you'd be able to just you know revoke all access from that particular device buy a new iphone and uh, sign into your apple id account and have everything there for you i don't know if it works like that that would be amazing (laughs) if it did um but but yeah let's see let's see when it comes out uh the maps application which uh has been for a lot of people just a secondary application that doesn't really get used google maps front and center um but you know they've they've kind of been thinking a bit about maps and uh, have, have just added a little bit of an overhaul like a visual overhaul um so for i guess major cities they've added landmarks and a uh, moonlit night mode and if you've got <laughs> overlapping highways which i find really quite cool um, the ability to to have a 3D view of that, so you you're sure you're going on the right sort of road. I mean, it's happened to me a couple of times, uh, where you you're looking at this kind of two dimensional image and you're like, I'm supposed to be turning left. Where am I supposed to go? Meanwhile, it's it's up above you. So, I think it's a cool feature. I'm glad the apps uh, you know had some attention. Um, but whether they're going to catch up to Google Maps, what do you think? It's very hard, Chad. Google Maps has got such a monopoly over the mapping market. And I think it's hard to change those habits once you've used Google Maps for a while. Like, what is going to be that trigger to change it across? Is it the moonlit mode, Chad? I don't know if the moonlighting <laughs> mode is going to get me to switch. Um, oh. And so they certainly have come a long way. Of course, they, they, they were kind of the, the, the running joke for a long time was how bad Apple Maps was. And they've now become a really powerful mapping platform. So yeah. they've made huge strides from where they used to be, say, five or six years ago. Um, but Google Maps has such a has such a crazy kind of hold over this market, and the live traffic data that they're able to pipe into mm. their into their map mapping application is a huge deal. I use it every single day, Chad. I would not I would yep. not get around if I if I wasn't using Google Maps, and especially in places like South Africa where Apple Maps is just not as detailed as say uh, some of the first world countries like New York or London or whatever the story is. There's no real reason for me to switch. And so unless they're going to force me to in some sort of iOS thing, uh, which would be, wouldn't go well when I'm in, in the middle of the court battle at the moment, no. um, unless they're going to force people to do it, I don't see them catching up. But who knows, Chad? Maybe maybe, maybe these, these features all add up to a more powerful experience. I'll have to try it at some stage. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's, I think they can live together, uh, Google, Google Maps and, and Apple Maps. You might use Google Maps if you want to see a street view. For an, for an example, or you want to look at a satellite yeah. mode or whatever the case is. Um, but, but you know, use Apple uh, when you're in your car. Now, this is something that I find really interesting, Barry, um, is, you know, we thought that, that the phone was going to become a replacement of our, uh, you know, GPS devices, our, our navigation devices. Um, but we, we're now at the stage where you actually broadcast your, your, car, your, your phone's screen uh, onto your car's screen using technology called Apple CarPlay. I don't know if you've, you've checked it out before. I've obviously not been in the car space for many years. Well, at least three years since I've left South Africa. Um, but, you know, having rented a vehicle not too long ago and, you know, looking at a vehicle myself, uh, Apple CarPlay is in every single vehicle and, and there's a Google equivalent as well uh, that you look at these days. 
And uh, I mean, it's kind of cool. You, you literally see your phone, everything as it should be on your phone, but just on a bigger, clearer screen that, that's, you know, easier to touch with your shoddy fingers as, you, as you're as busy navigating <laughs> uh, through crazy streets of London. Yeah, look, Chad, my, my, Toyota, my Toyota Corolla still has a tape cassette player. So we're not <laughs> there just yet it's over in my car. Cool. Um, but I do know about Apple AirPlay. And uh, yeah, like you say, one day when I'm rich and famous and I can afford a car that actually works and that was made this century, I will be able to enjoy all those benefits. But for the moment, it's just the Google Maps on my phone that's on the little cool. dashboard thing, Chad. And that's how I get around. But like you say, I think, I think that the key point of this is that the devices aren't going to matter going forward. It's going to be the software. And the software is going to be able to port itself to every smart device you can imagine. Like when your toaster starts with Apple AirPlay, Chad, and you're kind of looking at the music <laughs> on the toaster, that's where we're going, right? Where every single device is going to have the capability to interact, integrate, and all those things. And so what we're seeing is that the software really matters. And if you get that right, you can kind of port that experience to a wide variety of screen sizes and dimensions and, and use cases in a way that's really special. And that's where Apple really wins. One of the points that didn't bring up about Apple Maps is that the watch integration makes it interesting. Maybe that's the way they win, is that with a watch, like a really, mm. Apple Maps works perfectly with Apple Watch and Google Maps, not so much. You don't have that real-time turn-by-turn navigation in a way. And so maybe that is the way through the, the integration of the systems and kind of pushing Apple Maps into all of the, the different surrounding apps. Maybe that's how they win the battle. Yeah, I mean, Obviously, you know, this is definitely a battle that, that's happening and it's happening in front of our eyes. But neither of these two are, are paid services. So, um, you know, in, in terms of incentives and that kind of thing, I don't think Apple's going to be losing sleep over it. Um, but, but obviously, they want to dominate the space. And I think, I think you're right. I think by, by dominating other screens, not your, not your phone, the watch and your, your car potentially, that it maybe has a slicker interface and, and one that works a lot nicer. Um, you know, they, they might potentially, uh, you know, gain a bit more ground uh, that way. So, so yeah, an overhaul happening to the Apple Maps app, app which we'll see uh, coming through. Moving on to the desktops then, which we've, we've now covered um, our little mobiles that we walk around with every single day. Uh, only two little things to, to chat about here, Barry. Uh, the first one, a feature called Universal Control. I don't know if you've seen this, um, but it's really quite cool. You have two, three, four uh, Apple devices right next to each other. Um, you can have like an iMac, a MacBook Air, uh, and then an iPad next to each other. <clears throat> and somehow they all know that they're next to each other. And you can just <laughs> scroll your cursor across the screen and it lands onto another device. Um, and, and you can then interact your keyboard cursor. You can even drag files across all of this kind of stuff. It's that integration from Apple that we love. It's like magic, Chad. It looks like magic in the ads, and I'm, I'm excited to try it out. And like you say, that that's where Apple wins. That's that's why they're so powerful as a company is the, the way they're able to to meld these products together. And, and the moment you get into this ecosystem, Chad, and you start to buy all these bits and pieces, mm -hmm. they all kind of talk to each other. And it does feel like they're on the same team. It does feel like they've had a little Definitely. team meeting behind the scenes, and they know <laughs> what's going on between them. Um, and, and we're all moving towards that world where you're going to have multiple devices and uh, like having extra screens and anything that can do to save you seconds during your work day mm. that on, on typical things that get in the way is going to make the whole experience seem much more, much more seamless. And so, yeah, it, it's really powerful. It's, it's, it's typical Apple. It's just, it's sleek. It's slick. It looks really cool. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it'll improve productivity, Jed. Absolutely. It's just such a cool feature. I mean, you've, you've been able to, to get, uh, you know, my, 
mouse's mice so the one that i'm using now the uh, mx master 3 is able to do this um, but you have to obviously have other software and it's like a you know it's a third party device that you have to buy and um you know just to have it natively running uh here's a little quick demo for anyone watching uh it's just it's just, <laughs> just so cool um so yeah the, and the fact for me that you can drag a file across um without having to log into a dropbox account copy it there then log in again download it it's just going to make so many people's lives a whole lot easier, I find. Um, so yeah, really, really cool feature. The next one that started to, to take off on this little video that I've been rolling in the background is the, the beloved, and I say that very, uh, you know, sarcastically, the beloved <laughs> Safari app, um, which, you know, that used to be the first thing I would do <clears throat> is, is, you know, download the new operating system, download Google Chrome, just remove all of the Safari uh, links and, and, and icons. Similar thing to uh, Internet Explorer, to be honest. But it's improved quite a lot over, over recent years, Barry. I don't know if you've, you, you agree with me there. I haven't used Safari in a long time, Jed, so I actually <laughs> should go back into it and see what it's all about. So I, I unfortunately can't add much here. I've actually been using a new browser chat called Brave, oh, and I think we should talk Brave. about it in a future episode because I've got lots of thoughts on Brave. I've used it for the past six months or so, and I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, but I, I also cool. used to do the Google Chrome thing for, for, for a long a long time. Um, so I don't even know what Safari looks like these days, Chad. So you'll have to, you'll have to ed educate me about what's changing here. <laughs> well, this is going to look foreign to, to anyone who's currently uses Safari is it's becoming a whole lot more minimalistic, Barry. They're getting rid of that clunky interface and making this a whole lot more Apple-like um, where you've got your, your little tabs that are just these nice little tidy blocks up on the top of your, your screen. You've got the search bar in the same little block. Um, if you're on a web page that's, let's say, blue, uh, all of those tabs and, and you know they all blend into the same color so you you feel like you're on one device and and you know you you, you feel like you you get the full usage of your screen um which which i think is you know is 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 due apple is certainly that that company that uh sticks to these minimalistic uh type uh you know design interfaces and an interesting one to, to that I, I just quickly thought about now barry to talk about is we spoke about Joni of moving from apple uh, to I think was it Airbnb or something, and we were like, "What is going to happen? These user interfaces are going to look terrible." Uh, you know, he was <laughs> the bread and butter of this company, and uh, they seem to be doing okay, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I think we, we, we often get caught up in this idea that you have this one genius, and when he leaves, everything falls apart. But they've got lots of talented designers there, and, and Apple can can hire any designer they want because they can throw the, all the money in the world at them. And so I've no doubt that Apple's design will continue to to be amazing and to kind of lead the world in that sense. They've always led the world when it comes to design. It's very hard to argue that. The big question for them is, are they continuing to innovate on the products? That's that's the big question. But from a yeah. design perspective, it's always sleek. It always looks amazing. And it's one of the reasons we love it, Chad. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all that Safari is going to look a bit better now they put some effort into it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm keen to, to take it for a test run and see if it's, if it's quick as well, because that's also very important. Um, the next yeah. thing I want to quickly talk about, I know, for anyone who's not an Apple uh, fanboy like Barry, I, this must be, this must be torture. <laughs> torture. Um, <laughs> this this little device that, that you and I both love, these AirPods, uh, and specifically the AirPod Pros. Yeah, Barry's got his there as well. Um, 
there's a new feature that, that I think is going to really enhance them, which I, which I always I always love when you've already bought a device and it becomes even more useful over time. Um, and it's a feature that is is tailored really for those uh, with, with sort of hearing uh, disabilities, even if they are kind of partial ones. It's one called Conversation Boost. Um, so essentially using, you know, I guess all the sensors within the earphones, it's able to, to kind of picture where it is that you're looking um, and able basically to, to direct uh, the microphones and uh, effectively become hearing aids, like hearing aids that you always have with you in your pocket. Um, you're even able to reduce the ambient noise around you as well um, and, and basically hone in on that one person and and, and what it is that they're speaking. Uh, you know, so I think that's really quite cool. They've also then basically copied the AirTag feature um, into your your AirPods Pro, which I, I again think is great that this device that you already have now has a new feature. You can now use the Find My app um, to to interact with them when you lose them, um, and uh, you know, and also add something called the separation alert, which I which I really like. Um, so you know, <laughs> if you if you do happen to leave them on a couch or or just lose them, um, you can basically be pinged with a notification to say you you're more than a certain number of meters apart. So all of these great little features. Um, but but together, I, I think they're pretty cool. Chad, I really think the AirPods are one of the best products Apple have produced in the last mm. kind of decade. And I, I know I've gone on and on about them and how, how, how much they've changed my life in a sense. Like I've used these things every day, Chad, for the last, <laughs> I'd say, two or three years, right? It's every yep. single day religiously. And they're still as good as, as when I bought them. They have, I've had no issues whatsoever and they work perfectly with the iPhone and with the, with the Mac and all that sort of thing. Um, and so it's really cool to see these sorts of new improvements. And I'm, I'm a little bit bleak. I don't have the pro version because mm. I, I want to get hold of all of these things, um, especially that find my find my AirPods thing because these things are easy to lose, Chad. I don't know if yeah. you ever lose lost yours yet, but I remember I was on a run and I was I was I was running through a park and enjoying myself. And the music came to an end. I think it came to the end of an album, and I had like a K to go, so I didn't bother stopping and picking a new album, or whatever. And so I just left it, and I got to my car. And I put my hand up to my ear and I'd lost one of them. The one of them was still in, but one was gone. And I panicked, Chad, because these things are expensive. And so I had to run my running route in reverse, trying to look on the ground in the grass and in the dust, trying to find my one lonely AirPod. So I really could have used that feature, Chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're very easy to, to lose. Luckily, I haven't just yet. But, um, you know, touch wood, that doesn't happen. It's bound to happen soon. Um, but you know, hopefully it has this new feature when that does happen. So, so I'll be able to, to find it. And again, I, I think it's, I think it's great. Just, uh, when you continually improve a, a product, um, you know, that, that has a nod of, nod of approval for me. Uh, last but not least, uh, on this WWDC, uh, event is, is turning to the iPad. And, and this, as I said, was where most people had their sheer disappointment that it wasn't becoming more desktop like, um, all they basically announced, well, there may, may have been a couple other things, but the, the important bits that I kind of took from it were an, an enhancement to widgets, um, which, which seems so silly, and it seems like it should have just been the case the whole time. For some reason, if you had an <laughs> iPad, you could only have your widget on like the left little bit of the screen. There was like an allotted space for your widgets, and beyond that, you couldn't really have any. So they've made a big deal of the fact that you can now... Use the full real estate of your screen for widgets. No way. Widgets. Um, you know, I, a little bit crazy if you ask me. So uh, enhancements to widgets, which is which is always interesting. And I'm, n I'm not going to say no, um, but I'm also not going to ride home about it. 
And then uh, the next thing was uh, a lot more interesting, Barry, and that is uh, talking about multitasking. Like I mentioned with Windows uh, 11, the ability to, to multitask easily, a lot more easy uh, on your iPad. You, you've, you've been able to do that up to now, but it's, a, it's quite clunky the way that it works. Um, and it doesn't work with every single app and it, it's really quite hard to, to get that little app draw up and, and hold it to be able to multitask. Now what you have is you have something called the shelf. Um, I should probably skip ahead in this video. Um, you have something called the shelf, uh, which, which basically lets you... Uh, I skipped a little bit too far. Never mind. <laughs> let's just uh, let's just skip that. Um, you have something called the shelf, which basically lets you uh, save like pre-configured multitasking workflows, almost. So you can save like a preset which has multiple apps. So say for across the pond, what I could have is I could have my Google Docs on the one side set to the exact size that I want it to be, with a Safari window on the left to do research and come up with content and all that kind of stuff. Equally. Um, you know, I could have a notes app saved with, with, with uh, you know, if, I, if you're drawing a, a picture or whatever the case is, you can save those, all those presets, which I think is really cool. You can even just drag two windows together and have an automatic, uh, you know, multitasking happen. So I think that's really quite good. Uh, again, it, you know, it should have worked slickly uh, from the beginning. But that's, I mean, that's pretty much all I took from, from iPad OS. Um, I'm not sure whether you think any of that is noteworthy or not. <laughs> yeah, Chad, it's very, very small things. I, I, I'm excited about the multitasking stuff. I think it's a, that that's going to help a lot. But like you say, this stuff it, it's 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 pretty vanilla. There was nothing exciting that came out of the iPad mm. thing. I think people were, were talking about maybe a new iPad like Mini and what kind of features that might bring when they bring that new one out. But for the moment, Chad, we'll have to wait for the next the next one. Uh, iPad was a very much the the ignored child in this family meeting, Chad. Yeah, definitely. And and sadly, because I think it's it's one that has so much potential, so much potential. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, which is, it actually should have been, in fact, you know what? Let's move to Stuff I Found Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> stuff I Found Interesting. This is where it should Chad's have been. Chad's going there. rogue now. Chad's going, going rogue. rogue. He's changing up the audio. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was basically one of those little YouTube ads that popped up today, um, and it's something called Mine. Uh, off, off, offhand, have you heard anything ab about this, Barry? This is brand new to me, Chad, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts into what it is, dude. Cool. So what Mine is, is apparently an app that basically lets you like restore some of your your data. So a lot of us sign up to services, newsletters, uh, you know, all sorts of apps through over the years. And and that data kind of just sits there. It sits with all these people um, who know so much about us and, and don't really have any need for that information anymore. Now, I don't know if this is just a US product, if it's spread out, uh, you know, globally, but I think it I think it has a lot of potential. Uh, so what it is is it, it's it's this app mine you download it and and what it does is it does a search of which company hold what information on you. And so it's kind of like a centralized place for you to manage your your data and and kind of get to decide who knows what about you. And uh, ultimately, if there's if there's anything there that is just there for for it doesn't need to be, you can basically just hit reclaim. And ultimately, I think all of those companies just have to remove that data. So I think it's great. Uh, in in with, with all of these concerns we've been talking about uh, since we've had this podcast, really, about privacy and uh, you know protection, all that kind of stuff, I think it's really great that you've got an app or solution like this. If it works, of course, 
um, that that is able to get you back to back to you know back to square one, back to default. Uh, what do you think? That's really exciting, Chad. I, I've been looking forward to seeing kind of the privacy space emerge when it comes to seeing startups like trying new ways of, of, of tackling these problems. And kind of we've spoken so much about these issues and so much about the ethical implications. It's nice to see companies start to kind of get on board and trying to find ways to create solutions for consumers. So it looks really cool, Chad. And it mm. kind of it kind of parallels something that happened over the past, past couple of days here in South Africa is that the Poppy Act goes into effect tomorrow. Yes. So the 1st of July. And so every single company that i'm on the mailing list of has sent me an email in the last couple of days saying all these things about if you continue to be on this mailing list you are you are saying yes to this and this and this and this mm-hmm. and this all my what even whatsapp groups yeah i've had whatsapp <laughs> groups saying like if you stay in this whatsapp group you are agreeing to x y and z oh, wow. so everyone has been panicking about this new popular legislation coming into into effect tomorrow and I think it's just it's indicative of where the world is going. We, we're slowly starting to get our head around the problems that come with this just absolute abandon we give away our data and how we just kind of share it with whoever we want and, and kind of the problems that, that creates. And so it's cool to see solutions like that, Chad. So I'm going to go and check out mine and see, see what they're doing. Um, because I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to for businesses to really grow in this space and really give consumers more control, like you say, over their personal data. Yeah, and and again, uh, you know how friendly they are to which regions of the world um, is, is is to be seen. But I mean, I'd I'd be happy to pay for a service like this, to be honest, um, because you know it, it's it's just impossible to to keep tabs of what you've told who when you've needed a particular thing, whether it's an insurance quote, whether it's uh, I mean, I don't know. You know, it, it gathers up over <laughs> over time, and so to be able to have that holistic view of everything and be able to decide uh, and and maybe do a review. Maybe you do a review every couple of months and and, and just check it out, like you do with your your credit uh, credit reports. And, and I highly recommend anyone who hasn't done that. Uh, that is essential to go onto my TransUnion if you're South African um, and uh, clear score if if you're in the UK. And enter your your credit details, and and you know in that way you can monitor um, just to make sure that no one's doing anything they shouldn't be doing uh, with your with your credit report. So, I think it's an important space. Uh, definitely good to mention the Poppy Act uh, and the ramifications there. I'm shocked about the WhatsApp groups. That's interesting because surely you know who's in those WhatsApp groups. It's encrypted. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, I- Chad, I can't tell if it's one of those like chain mail things or if it's actually okay. legit because a lot of them are coming on those groups where it feels like old white ladies panicking about nothing. So I don't think it's legit. I just found it funny that at least four or five of my groups had, had people coming on and, and just posting Ooh. the same message. So I feel like it's a chain mail. I think it's a, a bit of a, a troll. <laughs> Could be. Anyway, I guess all of these people may as well be rather err on the side of caution and safety than risk a lawsuit. Um, yeah, just send out one of those one of those messages just to cover cover yourself uh let's then move on barry i know we're quite ahead on time to the most important uh, part of the podcast actually and that is develop and grow develop and grow Chad, every now and then there's a quote that I come across that just kind of hits me like a ton of bricks. Mm. And when those moments come, I just have to share it here. And so I, I normally bring a quote or two to each episode. <laughs> one, Chad, that, I'm, that I found very emotional and very moving in a sense because it kind of hit me at, at a moment where I felt this really deeply. So let me read it to you first and then we can discuss it. It's from an author called Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And it goes like this. 
The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation and a sensitivity and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, with gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. And I love that quote, Jack, because it talks to so much of what this journey of life is all about. And we, we all know those people who kind of everything goes right for them and everything kind of seems to work for them. And, and, and they get to a point where they hit their first roadblock and whether it's in high school, whether it's in college, whether it's in work life, they hit that first roadblock and all of a sudden they fall apart because they haven't had yep. to go through any challenges in the past. Right. They haven't had to really reckon with the suffering that comes with humanity and kind of the, the difficulties with life. Um, and some of the most beautiful people we know on the other side of the coin are the ones that have got through horrible circumstances, who've been through way worse than we have, and still managed to be optimistic and, and kind of look with the world with, with, with wonder and with awe. And I think it's, it's, it's important to, to recognize that because when we are in those dark spaces, we think, why me? Like, wh wh why me? Wh what is going on? And, and like, you're frustrated with yourself and with the circumstances that you're in and whatnot. And if we could just remember that those dark periods are what makes us who we are in a sense, those dark periods kind of build us and build our character and kind of bring us into a space where we can appreciate the good stuff, it makes it much more bearable in a sense. Life wouldn't be good if we didn't go through those bad moments because then we wouldn't appreciate what is actually good, right? And so this idea that beautiful people don't just come out of the ether, you're not just born a beautiful person, you become a beautiful person through struggle and through bad times and through 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 kind of going through the motions and going through difficult parts of your life and then emerging from the depths with the kind of appreciation for what the good of life is. I think it's such a beautiful message and it I needed to hear it at the time I saw it. Yeah, it's it's a goodie. It is a goodie. Um yeah, because you, you you're so right. It's it, it's always about how you how you bounce back um, from from a, from a hard time. And uh, I mean, you know, it's similar to to what I actually wanted to talk about today. And and we'll get there. Um, but you know, ultimately, you you don't get through a lot of these things by yourself. You you need others as well. And so I think some of that sensitivity and that understanding and that uh, compassion and gentleness comes from. Um, you know, you observing those kind of things uh, from from others when they're helping you out of a out of a bad situation, um, and so yeah, I mean, even even just to to phrase, you know, a person who's come out of a, a hard time as a, a beautiful person um, is 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 great because it just it, it just is that little bit of a silver lining that that you do emerge stronger. It might not feel like it at the time. Um, but you know, once your perspective has uh, regained, and and that can take some time uh, to happen as well. You, you you know, you do look back, and and Barry, when when you know, we'll go through it. Uh, you mentioned to me, you know, you'll look back at this and and just say this is a little blip, um, and and ultimately, it's it's once you get that perspective, you you, you can kind of look back at it and and uh, and and call it a blip, but it, but it ultimately is how you how you handle it and how you bounce back. And if you can have all of those traits, compassion, gentleness, deep loving concern for, for others around you, because you've understood and, and you've gone through some stuff yourself, um, I think that can only make the world a better place um, because we need those characteristics in all of the people around us. Yeah, definitely. I think it's such a key point. And, and and that kind of relation to those dark times is so important because that, that that's kind of what the quote is getting at is that 
the only people who can really relate to you when you're going through mm. a difficult moment or a dark moment are people who've been through their own dark moments and have emerged the other side. And if we're able to look at those people and realize that if they can emerge from what they went through, if they can get through all of the stuff and come out the other side as a positive, optimistic person, um, it's gonna, it's it's gonna, it's possible for me, right? And I can actually do it. And it's it's that kind of support structure in a sense of of looking at the role models in our life and the people we look up to and realizing that things haven't always been amazing. They've gone through difficult moments in order to become the person that they are. And it's very rare that you're going to meet someone with empathy and with compassion and all these wonderful virtues and characters who hasn't gone through darkness in their life, right? You don't just get that out of nowhere. It's not like The Sims where you get to choose which characteristics you want and you get to kind of do that, right? You have to earn that compassion. You have to earn that empathy by going through dark moments yourself and realizing that that the world is 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 more nuanced than you realize, or you, you you go through those moments and you realize I actually can do this. I'm stronger than I realized, and with just a little bit of help, with a little bit of support, with a little bit of mm. empathy, someone else can really breathe life into a, a dark moment. Um, and so it, it's a quote that it's just really stuck with me, and I think it's just so important that we realize that and that life is not easy. Life is not mm. going to be all hunky-dory all the time. Like You're going to have things that go against you. You're going to have curveballs. You're going to have people who betray you. You're going to have all sorts of stuff going in your life. And all that matters, like you say, is can you get back up again? And can you keep loving? Can you keep caring? Can you keep pushing forward? Can you be that beautiful person? Because you've come out of those depths and you've realized that, okay, cool. I'm stronger as a result. I've learned something about myself as a result. And I can choose to turn that into a positive experience. And if we can create that redemption arc for ourselves, in, in that typical movie, if we're the hero of our own life, we go through that trough, we want to see the end of the movie when we, when we rise and we go to glory. If we can make that redemption and, and make those dark moments a part of our story that we tell about ourselves, it makes us more more strong. It makes us more mm. kind of nuanced. It makes us more powerful because that story fuels us. And the other option is just kind of wither away and kind of fall into pessimism and fall into despair and, and nihilism and all that stuff. And that's very easy to do as well. But those people aren't beautiful in that sense. So true and so so well put, Barry. Um, and I, I mean, the reason why we had a break, let's let's get to it. It's in, it's in develop and grow. Um, so like I said, I was, you know, I was kind of doing all of these episodes on the move. Um, how did I get onto the move? Um, basically I was supposed to be moving into a house that hadn't been built yet. So it's still busy being built and, uh, ultimately just got let down by developers. Um, and you know, it, it, we, we can talk about the lessons and, and that kind of stuff as well, Barry, but life doesn't happen as planned. I mean, I had seen this place. It was really built, uh, all, all the rest of it, in, in November, December last year. You would have thought by May um, it would be all done and, and you know, ready to, to kind of move in. Um, and uh, and, and, and I'd just been let down, let down again and again and again. And, and ultimately, what, what ended up happening is, um, you know, I made the decision to, to put in the notice on the place I was renting um, and because it was a, a sort of long notice period. And I ended up sort of homeless, like technically homeless. Um, and, and and so it, it, it was a weird experience, Barry, like being completely settled up so after moving to, to London sort of more than three years ago, being completely settled up, having a stable base. And now you're back to complete square one with like nowhere to stay. Your stuff is all in storage. Um, it was it was beyond less than ideal. Um, 
and I, I talked to the the sort of support network, um, as I mentioned, and, and and I just wanted to touch on that and kind of just appreciate that you know having people around you who are in your corner and who kind of step in without any question um, and and are there to kind of help you through situations like these, which are extremely rare, but uh, but ultimately you know can happen. Um, you know, I, I don't think I would have been able to to sort of get through with it. It's it, it's friends that have said, you know, come put put my postcode in, come stay with me for as long as you need. Um, you know, it, it's people helping helping move, um, in you know in in really short uh, you know spaces of time. It's it's people who have who have just you know had a had a put an effort in in kind of just checking in on you every now and then and seeing how you're doing and uh, and just being compassionate with with just the situation and the story and 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 it certainly feels like a kind of first world problem um but but you know when you when you kind of lose your stable base it just reminds me of that that kind of maslow's hierarchy of needs barry where you you know you you can't ultimately the podcast for me is is you know in that example of the of the the pyramid you know that that sits sits up kind of high up at the top It, it it's it's a nice to have if if you can but when your when your stable base is kind of crumbling beyond you, and you you, you don't have like a, a you know you don't have a set environment that you're in all the time, and you're basically spending all your time and emotional energy and, and attention uh, in in trying to figure out what your next sort of couple of weeks is going to look like. Ultimately, the podcast just becomes a, a nice to have, um, and so I guess there's there's a couple of a couple of important lessons there, Barry, and and you know number one life doesn't go as planned um people and salespeople can can tell you things are going to happen um ultimately you know you you have to look out for yourself and you have to be a little bit uh skeptical uh in you know in a, in a reasonable sense but uh you know there's a reason why uh you know lawyers and and others will, will tell you not to not to give notice until you have something else kind of lined up because it's very unlikely but but things can fall through um and Secondly, that's that support system, which is you know just so important. I I certainly learned in this process um, who is there in my corner and and who isn't, and you know nothing against those who aren't, but uh, it's just important to know. Um, and I've just and weirdly enough, like the weirdest thing for me, Barry, is those who 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 really turned out for me in the biggest ways possible are those that I've you know, I've kind of neglected over the years, those that I haven't really spent too much time with or on, um, but who, who would literally drop a hat um, and, and be there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling now, but, but it's just so important to, to kind of know that and, and, uh, and you know, now refocus those relationships and, and put in uh, just as much effort, if not more, um, is, is what you kind of received. Um, and then third, thirdly is, is kind of just being able to stop putting pressure on yourself um, when, when things do go wrong. There's, there's nothing wrong. And, and I'm saying this even though, you know, I know it, it, it could have affected you, Barry, not having this ha- happen in, you know, on a weekly basis and everything we look forward to with, with Across the Pond. There's nothing wrong with, with seeing to yourself first um, because ultimately had I, had I kept that pressure on, um, you know, it, it just would have become... A nightmare created extra pressure extra stress anxiety sometimes it's just okay to kind of just drop everything see to it that you, you know your your house is in order uh, so to speak 
And then, you know, when you're feeling stable and settled again, start to build things up again and, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, get back to normal and, and strive again and, and, and performance and all that kind of stuff again. So I'd say three key lessons that, that I learned um, over this period that hopefully we'll look, uh, look back to as, as a blip. Um, like I say, very first world sort of problem. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, uh, yeah, some, some, some observations, Barry. Chad, I don't think you should downplay it as a first world problem at all. I think what you went through was a very, very difficult period. And I, I really appreciated your your honesty with that and kind of said, listen, like we need to give this a break a bit because I need to figure out what's going on. I, I totally get that. And so I think it takes a lot of a lot of self-awareness to understand that maybe I'm taking on too much and maybe I should put some things down. And it's something we talk about a lot here on the show about this idea of self-care, about trying to make sure that your oxygen mask is on before you start trying mm. to help other people, before you start trying to do other stuff. And both of our personalities, Chad, we're not very good at that. We're, we're very good at helping other people. We, we're not as good at taking care of ourselves. And we're something we've, we've both been working on in the, in, the, in the last couple of years. And I think it's been really cool to see you kind of get through this period and although it's been very, very challenging from an emotional perspective and financial perspective and all these different aspects, the fact that you just kept going and kept kind of just a border market plan, right? You just had to find a way. You had to find a way to make it happen. And uh, if we have to drop a couple balls in order to make that happen, that that's totally okay because th there are more important things in this podcast. Even though I love this podcast, <laughs> there are more important things in this podcast. And it comes down to your physical health and your mental health and, and feeling that stability, like you say. I know you've been in London for a while now, Chad, but it's not like you were born and raised there. It still feels, yep. I'm, I'm imagining, a little bit foreign and a little bit Definitely. out of your comfort zone. And so it's very different to being in, back in South Africa where you feel like you know everyone, you, you, kind, of, you kind of have the understanding of, of how the country works. And so it's terrifying to just have a day and be like, okay, I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight, right? That, that's not an easy situation to be in. Um, but I think you make such a good point about the support system in the sense that you have to build it before you need it. Right, so those friends you spoke about, where you haven't you haven't invested in a while, often those friendships are those kind of friends that you cannot speak to them for six months, yeah. but then you have a catch up call and it feels like nothing has changed. It feels like everything is right back into place, and those are kind of the long term friendships that we have to cherish. And we have to really invest in when times are good, right, or when times where we don't need them necessarily because. The moment you get to a dark period like this, Chad, if you haven't been doing that investment, if you haven't been kind of nurturing those those pieces, they're just not going to be there for you. And it's too late to then decide, okay, cool, now I want to be your friend because I need you to help me with the, with the house, right? So it's it's very important that we realize that we're not in this thing alone. And it's it's easy for us in today's modern world when we're all working remotely and everyone's so busy, it's hard to keep up with friendships. I know I really struggle in my, in my life is I'm so busy, I find it hard to keep up with people who I don't see necessarily or maybe on different sure. countries or that sort of thing. It's very challenging. But I think we all have to take it on the chin and realize that those people matter way more than our extra hour on our spreadsheet, for example. Right. And so having a support yeah. system is going to help you through all of life's difficult periods. And that's who's going to lift you up when you feel like you can't lift yourself up. Um, and so yeah, very good learnings there. I hope we can all learn a little bit from Chad's story. I certainly am. Um, and Chad, I'm glad to see your face, dude, because I know it was a tough, tough couple, couple of weeks, a couple of months even. Um, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm very glad to see that you, you still have a smile on your face. And even though things didn't go the way you thought they were going to go, I've no doubt that you'll figure out a new plan. And uh, yeah, things happen for a reason, I think, dude. So we'll have to wait and see what this, what this chapter of your life actually means. 
Thanks, man. I, I definitely appreciate that. It's 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 good to be back as well. And I, I think also also an important thing in, in I guess a little bit of like humility is is it's okay to take a step back as well. So even though you think you you yeah. know you're progressing, you're taking a big step. It's okay to kind of go back into your rental and you know just just take a step back. It doesn't matter. There's no scoreboard. Um, ultimately, if that's what's what's going to make sense for the long term then that's what you that's what you need to do um and uh, you know I, you and i've spoken about this before as well so um important to be able to do that whoever's listening to this uh, whatever it is you're going through if you think you're taking a step back and you're worried about what people are going to say or you are worrying about how it's going to reflect on you or whatever the case is just just do it that step forward will will, will come uh, when the time is right um it's just not it's just not meant to be now and that's completely okay Barry, one hour and twenty-five minutes. Uh, it's, it's it's been a long time, but you know this is what happens when you you cut us off from each other for for many weeks. Uh, there's just too much to talk about. I'm sure we could have gone for for much longer, um, but I think good to kind of cut it here for today. Yeah, definitely, Chad. I, I thoroughly enjoy this. It's been so good to be back. To all the listeners who've stuck around with us, welcome to season two. We're very excited <laughs> about what's to come. Uh, lots of cool stuff on the horizon and chat is good to see you and good to chat again i really enjoy these conversations so long may they continue in your new spot dude yeah definitely um i i'm i'm keen for for this season two and we should maybe rebrand it as such um because we had been going uh for so long so consistently which is so good uh may it long continue and, and good to see you as well for everyone who's listened uh thank you so much for, for sticking with us uh we've we've missed all of your views and uh, listens and comments and all that kind of stuff as well. So uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with us and uh, we'll see you again. uh, Same time, same place next week. All the best. Um,